This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. Yeah, I guess I just wish, you know, we lived in a world where the standard of behavior or success wasn't centered around displaying typically extroverted traits. Hi, this is Lisa, corporate leader, intrepid traveler, and proud introvert, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hi, and welcome to Hush Loudly. I am happy to introduce my friends, my colleagues, to this episode of talking about introverts. And I'd like to just start, Lisa, and ask you the general question, are you an introvert? Yes, 100% card carrying, absolutely. And why do you say that? What about you? Why are you an introvert? What makes you think you are one? I think I've always had a sense of what an introvert was, even when I was a little bit younger, you know, in my my teens, those sorts of years. I'm not a loner, I wouldn't say, but I definitely kind of recharge and re-energize by myself. Like I've always been that sort of, I can people, but if I get too much peopling in, you know, I definitely have to retreat, have some space to myself just to kind of regroup so I can get back out there and, you know, be amongst the living, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I've always had a sense that I am my most calm and clear and productive when I'm sort of in my own little environment. Interestingly, it doesn't even necessarily mean I am in a solitary space. You know, I'm at a place alone. Like I could be out in public, you know, with folks all around me, but still sort of by myself, not with a companion, not with a friend, just doing my thing. So either that or just physically by myself in my house or somewhere. That's just how I need to, that's how I'm most productive, how I think. And quite frankly, how I enjoy spending time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a classic introvert and travel. So I know, travel, you know yeah. you're, you're one of the few people, not few, but there are plenty of people that have no problem traveling alone and actually enjoy traveling alone. I think it's very difficult for some people, but I know it's easy. You'll be on a plane in a minute by yourself going to someplace we've never heard of. And I've always admired that about you. That's a great thing. So, yeah, I used to actually work with a woman who not even travel. She couldn't believe I went out to eat, like dinner or lunch by myself. Really? And yeah, I distinctly remember she was like, well, how do you sit and eat in a restaurant by yourself? I'm like, well, you, you sit down and then you pick up the menu, <laughs> order what you would like to eat, and then you eat. I mean, you just do it. And she was just flabbergasted that, like, I can't believe you go out to like a, a sit down restaurant where people serve you by yourself. Wow. Like, well, wow. Yeah. So I think that, and we've talked about this, there are a lot of misconceptions about introverts. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast. 
And you and I share that in common. I think in our years, we've experienced all kinds of things personally and professionally. And I wanted to talk specifically with you about another segment of introversion that I don't think is talked about as often. And it's about us being people of color and introverts. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's even different for black women versus black men or Latinas. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I know we have talked about experiences that have occurred where people misunderstand who we are and what we are. And I think that it is in people's minds or in their lives, they have this idea of what a black woman should be and how she should act. And when I don't fit into that mold, I think it makes them uncomfortable. So me personally, you know, I'm reserved. And Mm -hmm. when I'm in the workplace, you know, I hold things in because that's just my choice, meaning my personal life. If you come into my office, there's not one picture of family. There's not a picture of anything up there. And that's my choice. Wow. Even so, though you're very close with your family, yes, and, you know, you're very much a family girl. I am, but I keep that separate. And so I think it makes people uncomfortable. Same thing with me and the lights out. You know, we laugh about mm-hmm. how my lights are always off in my office. And, you know, even on cloudy days, I just have the shades up and it can be dark and I have lamps and I have the lamp on or off and it makes people uncomfortable. And so they question me and I think that I don't fit into what they think I should be. And so it takes a minute for people to warm up or to figure me out. And I think it's the same for you. And it causes a lot of misunderstanding that really isn't necessary. And it's like we don't do that to them. So it's it's interesting how this dynamic works. And I think in a in a professional setting in particular, and I'm going to cross over subjects a little bit here, I think it's a little bit of intersection of being an introvert in the workplace, particularly in a leadership position when as an introvert, we all know and experience that extroversion is rewarded and mm-hmm. sort of the quote-unquote desired trait, if you will, desired personality type. But I think when you spoke about folks not thinking or knowing what a black woman is or you not fitting a particular mold, you also know as a black woman, you know, a person of color, we navigate the world very differently. We navigate the world, particularly in a professional capacity, you know, always conscious of making the majority comfortable with our presence, with our ideas, with our strength, with our basically bringing our real selves to work. You know how they always say black folks have to sort of play both sides of the coin. So I think when you are an introvert and an introvert of color, it it might kind of muddy those lines a little bit. It's like, are you uncomfortable because You know, it is more comfortable for me if you are more open and gregarious and I can know you in a way that doesn't make me wonder, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make me feel uncomfortable in any way. So it's kind of like projecting, again, our quote-unquote job as making other folks comfortable 
with our presence. And, you know, introvert, you know, whether you're a black woman in the professional world, you know, we run the, the gamut just like everybody else. There's some people who are, you know, quiet and reserved, some folks who are life of the party, chatty Cathy's. But I think that there is a definite reality that we live in, in the sense that we have to fit a certain sort of more extroverted mold that makes folks more comfortable with our presence in particularly executive or leadership roles. I mean, that's just my, that's just my opinion, but I think, you know, I've definitely had experiences, particularly as I've gotten older and gotten more comfortable, you know, when you're in your twenties, you just, you know, you're just a pleaser. You're trying Mm -hmm. to make everybody happy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what I've got to be. And this is what I'm going to be to get to that next job or that next promotion or whatever. But as you get older, I think, and you mature and are just more comfortable being yourself, you know, because you can't be anyone other than yourself, it has created some challenges for me in the workplace where I have literally gotten feedback, not on any sort of results or performance or anything like that, but definitely, just as you said, you're too quiet. What does that Mm -hmm. even mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I speak when I have something to say. So I'm not one of those people who, you know, is uncomfortable with silence or Mm -hmm. has to chatter head off. And then also typical introvert trait. I don't really like small talk or chit chat. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, say hello, but just inane conversation is just not my forte. I don't know that that has always served me well being myself to be, you know, to be perfectly blunt in every professional setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've experienced the same thing. It is, it's like part of the, the role is to participate in small talk and to hang out and to go to lunch and to do these things and to have these meetings with icebreakers, which I hate, and all of these things that we have to do to accommodate for others' discomfort. You said it so well. And I think it is the older you get, the less of it that you want to be, you want to be bothered with it less. <laughs> You know, so I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think about the people in their 20s and their 30s, and I hope that they can take something from what we're sharing today and hopefully we'll have some some advice as well. Yeah, I guess I just wish, you know, we lived in a world where the standard of behavior or success or particularly professional trajectory wasn't centered around displaying typically extroverted traits. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That Mm -hmm. folks are just as smart, just as thoughtful, just as intuitive. But there's even a perception, I think, that we're not as smart because Mm -hmm. we are are more listeners in situations or meetings. And, you know, we're kind of like in our heads and formulating thoughts and speak only you know, we have something salient to say, I definitely think that that's somehow perceived as not as sharp or quick on the uptake, so Mm -hmm. to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're not jumping into a conversation or just speaking for the sake of seeming participatory. 
That's corporate life, I think. Yeah, and as executives, which we've both been in management and executive positions, you know, sometimes we'll hear, we want you to talk more, we want you to contribute more. Are you engaged? It doesn't seem that you're engaged. And it's it's like, how do we navigate around that? I, I know me personally, what I've learned to do is, I'll find a way one-on-one to get what I need across. So I will, if I'm in a big meeting and like you, I don't say anything unless it's worth saying. Also, I need to process. So I may be a little different than you because I think your brain processes quicker than mine. And so I may be thinking and my mind is going a million places. And then an hour later after the meeting, everything will come together and I'll put an email together and I'll send that email or I'll go and meet with my boss. And these are some tips that I think might be helpful to others is work for me. And, you know, you have to understand who you are and figure out what works for you and then figure out how to work in that environment because you have to learn how to navigate around it because Mm -hmm. we've experienced it. It is what it is. I had an experience at one place that I worked where I was in management and two of my staff members were both people of color and our manager, our director, was a Caucasian woman. And I'm saying all that for a reason. And so Mm -hmm. she treated us differently. We all happen to be quieter personalities. I'm going to say we were all introverts, the three of us. And our boss was an extreme extrovert. And she lived her life out loud and talked about every aspect of her life, personal and professional. And I think it was expected that we do the same. And so my team noticed that we were treated differently with some things. And they shared their concerns with me and said they thought she was racist. My initial response was she is not racist. In my opinion, she didn't care for our personality style. She didn't trust us. She didn't know us because all she knew was the talkative type. That's what was a, that's what resonated with her. And it actually had a situation where my team went to HR and it was a big old thing um, where there was mm-hmm. an investigation. But to this day, I believe it has to do with we were introverts and that just didn't work for her. We all three ended up leaving that job, but it it was a learning lesson for me. And at the time I was, I think I was in my thirties. And so I think I would do things differently now, but it was just a good experience to see. And I hope that my staff was able to learn and grow from that as well. And, you know, it's just important for us to know that that's what we're facing and we cannot change our personalities. We should not, we, we will not change our personalities, but we have to figure out how to navigate around these issues when they arise. And have you had any issues similar to that? Oh, sure. And, you know, what's funny is because I have an extroverted parent. And so I've been hearing, you need to talk more. You need to (laughs) do that sort of thing since I understood, you know, spoken language. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing um, particularly new about it. But, and you know, honestly, it's not just the professional environment. It it manifests itself. I have a friend who is one of my very best, dearest friends, probably, you know, for the last 25 years. I won't say more than that because I'll disclose my age. (laughs) 
I'll just say more than 25 years. Got it. And to this day, you know, he he hearkens back to when we first met. And he he tells me all the time, like, oh, I, I thought, you know, I thought you didn't like me or, mm-hmm. you know, that we didn't get along or, mm-hmm. or whatever, because, you know, you just didn't say much when we, you know, when we would be in similar social situations or whatever. And it wasn't, you know, he wasn't interested in me or wasn't any sort of dating thing. He just said, even as a friend, he was like, you were very challenging to get to know. Mm-hmm. And that's just because, you know, I'm definitely, I have a smaller circle. So I have, I have many friends, actually. And I have many friends who I've known my entire life, with whom I'm still, you know, very close, like still, you know, calling, texting regularly, seeing regularly, that sort of thing. So again, I'm not in any way socially isolated. But I'm also not that chick who loves constantly, you know, going to parties or who is just going to meet you and, and tell you my life story and that sort of thing. You know, I'm definitely a little bit more of a slow burn, so to speak, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, building that trust and kind of figuring out or feeling out when and how much I kind of want to disclose of myself to a new person, whether it's a professional, romantic, or just a, you know, platonic, friendly situation. And that's just, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's just sort of how mm-hmm. I, I navigate things. Mm-hmm. And I had the same thing, you know, super extroverted mom and I had an introverted dad. And so I had a balance, but the same thing, she was always pushing me to do everything I didn't want to do. And mm-hmm. so you're right. You yep. hear it, you grow up hearing it. And of course it's for the best. They, they want you to be out there. They think that's what's acceptable. That's what will make you successful. So that's why your parents, you know, push you to do things that you may not want to do. And that's okay. You know, we turned out okay. We're halfway okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot to talk about and probably another show because I would love to talk to you about dating because that's a whole, a whole nother thing with the way we're received and how I think when, especially online dating, if, if you know, if a guy is looking at a menu, because that's what I call it, it's a menu of options. That's all it is. And, and exactly. they see you and you're like, oh, I go to the movies. I like to travel and you just look like a regular reserve girl. And then you're next to a girl who's climbing a mountain or not that you climb mountains, but you're next to a girl (laughs) who's, you know, jumping off of something. And, you know, the guy is automatically going to go for that girl, most likely. So that's another show that we'll have to talk about dating and talk about some of our our tips. But as we wrap up today, I would love to know if you have any, you know, you already gave some advice, but do you have any advice for listeners? Think about yourself in the 20s and 30s, anything that you think could help someone who is like us, the more introverted personality, especially um, professionally in the workplace? In terms of professionally, it, it really is just sort of you know, just with anybody's evolution, you know, you, you grow mature from your, you know, your teens, your 20s, your 30s, you know, you live, you learn, as they say. But one of the things that I wished I had sort of understood and known is to just accept yourself for who you are. And everybody has their shortcomings. So being an introvert isn't necessarily a shortcoming. You simply have to understand what your goals are professionally, 
what the sort of rules of the road or, you know, sort of the game you have to play in order to make it and then sort of work your way around that. So if you're not the type that loves a cocktail party, you're not going to sit up with, you know, the sales team drinking cocktails and listening to music until two o'clock in the morning. That's fine. But you can certainly go to a party, go to a bar, make an appearance, have a few strategic conversations that let your presence be felt and be known, mm-hmm. and then make a quiet exit. One of the things that I found helpful is actually some advice from a boss who was interesting. A boss who I would have sworn on a stack of Bibles was an extroverted boss, but she admitted to me, she said, absolutely, I am not. She says, I am very much an introvert. And I was, I was quite floored. But one of the pieces of advice that she gave me particularly in managing teams, because I don't know how this this happened, you know, to just in my professional life, but I tend to manage teams of primarily comprised of extroverts, which Mm -hmm. is just really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging, Mm -hmm. you know, it's challenging because that's just not my energy. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't like folks or I don't, or, or not even that I don't like being a manager. It's just that that energy is just very different from my own. And one of the things that I used to work at a job that was very social or, you know, if it was somebody's birthday, it's like, oh, we have to get cupcakes. It's, you know, it's Jerry's birthday or, you know, someone's having a baby or whatever. Even in my friend circles, I'm not the one who's planning your your baby shower. I'm not planning your (laughs) bridal shower. Mm -hmm. Like you want to check, you want a contribution to make sure it's wonderful and Mm -hmm. you need errands run and think then I'm your girl. Mm -hmm. But am I sitting looking on Pinterest? I am not. So Mm -hmm. when you in a professional environment, she taught me that if I have a staff who it's really important to have, you know, birthdays and baby showers and this and that, if something happens, to really be honest and just sort of delegate that and just say, hey, you know what? If this is important to the team, it's important to me. But admit your limitations. But I am not the person who is going to drive Taco Tuesday or or Birthday Mm -hmm. Friday or whatever it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I will fully support that, you know, fully support it. I will be there. You know, we can put some funds behind it, you know, a little slush fund to have, you know, cake and and what have you from time to time. But, you know, really so facilitate, have a management style that facilitates those needs, even if you are not the one driving it or leading it. And and that has been very helpful to me because I'm not, I'm not a natural facilitator of parties. You know, people are like, oh, I need a big open concept living room for entertaining. I don't entertain. <laughs> so mm-hmm. even in my personal life, I, I'm just, I don't entertain. Mm-hmm. So if, if that sort of thing is necessary, facilitate it, encourage it, and support it. But that doesn't mean you have to be the driver of it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And I would also say, Embrace the fact that you don't talk a lot because what I've found is that because I'm not always running off at the mouth, when I have something to say, it's usually listened to Mm -hmm. because if I'm in a meeting and, you know, I've been sort of quiet or listening and, and like you said, I'm listening, I'm processing. Once I have something to say, 
even though it might not seem like it to the rest of the group, it's been really well thought out for the most part because mm-hmm. I've been sitting there, you know, listening instead of just sort of spitballing off mm-hmm. the top of my head. And I have found that that has served me to sort of come off as just to give people the opportunity to sort of really listen to me and value what I say in certain in certain contexts because when something is offered from someone who doesn't always say a lot but has offered something, you know, a thoughtful insight into whatever the conversation is about, you know, it's sort of a nice way to look positively on the fact that you are more of a listener and a processor mm-hmm. that when you have something to say, it's usually I'm not saying, you know, it's brilliant, but it's usually something that that's very thoughtful and salient to the conversation. At least we try to from time to time. All right. Well, thank you for your advice. Thank you for sharing your story. And we'll be talking again. We've got lots of other things to talk about. But thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. This is my first podcast, so I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm podcast famous now. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash introverts hush loudly and listen to past episodes at wgnradio.com or hushloudly.com. He-